Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. I've been thinking, and I do that a little bit around here, and hope you do too, but I've been thinking about the biblical relationship between a couple things. What is the relationship between two persons and the law? Now, I am loath to admit it, but in the past, I've even said something like, it's all about relationship with Jesus, meaning the person of Jesus and the person of like you. It's all about relationship with Jesus, not about keeping the rules. Except, of course, Jesus himself said things like, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Crazy idea. So can I offer you what I hope is a helpful thought? What if a good and loving creator knew, because he's the creator of everything, knew what's good for you and what makes relationships work and what healthy relationship looks like? Put another way, And thinking about it in light of our New Testament segment today, how does John say that all people are set free from sin? My friends, the whole reason Jesus came is your legal sin obligation and his relational joy to set us free. And with that, I welcome you to today's slice of our Monday through Saturday journey through the Bible in a year time together. And I think about something, uh, just continuing on the same thought, I think about how we turn our relational expectations almost like into rules that no one else can live up to, right? (laughs) Like your spouse. And how much we need to offer others grace and vice versa. But my friends, the sobering part is when we realize that we cannot live up to even our own moral code let alone God's standard of holiness. Remember, the whole reason that Jesus came is our legal sin obligation, and it is his joy, relationally, to set us free. But today, we're just going to do New Testament and wisdom segment, and I just want to let this kind of lengthy chunk of John chapter 8 sink in. I hope it sinks into our hearts well. John chapter 8, picking up in verse 21. Then he said to them again, I'm going away. You will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said again, He won't kill himself, will he? Since he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. And he told them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I told you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Who are you? (laughs) They questioned. Exactly what I've been telling you from the very beginning, Jesus told them. I have many things to say and to judge about you, but the one who sent me is true. And what I have heard from him, these things I tell the world. Now they did not know he was speaking to them about the Father. 
So Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own, but just as the Father taught me, I say these things. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, because I always do what pleases Him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. And then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered him, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? And Jesus responded, Truly I tell you, Everyone who commits a sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So if the son, capital S, so if the son sets you free, you really will be free. I know you are descendants of Abraham, but you are trying to kill me because my word has no place among you. I speak what I have seen in the presence of the father. So then, You do what you have heard from your father. Our father is Abraham, they replied. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus told them, you would do what Abraham did. But now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham didn't do this. You are doing what your father does. We weren't born of sexual immorality, they said. We have one Father, God. And Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me, because I came from God and I am here. For I didn't come on my own, but He sent me. Why don't you understand what I say? Because you cannot listen to my word. You are of your Father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he's a liar and the father of lies. Yet, yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Who among you can convict me of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? The one who is from God listens to God's words. This is why you don't listen, because you are not from God. The Jews responded to him, Aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I don't have a demon. On the contrary, I honor my father and you dishonor me. I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and judges. Truly, I tell you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. And then the Jews said, well, now we know you have a demon. Abraham died and so did the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? Who do you claim to be? If I glorify myself, Jesus answered, my glory is nothing. My father, about whom you say he is our God, he is the one who glorifies me. You do not know him, but I know him. 
If I were to say I don't know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. The Jews replied, You aren't fifty years old yet, and yet you've seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus was hidden and went out of the temple. And my friends, that is up through verse 59, which is the end of John chapter 8. And um, that is some that is some heady stuff there. And I recognize actually that uh, listening sometimes means we experience it differently than when we're, when we're reading. Um, sometimes that's good. And sometimes it's, I don't want to say bad, but uh, it's different, right? So 50,000 feet here. What's, what's the big, big picture subject of what's going on here, right? We ask the question, how does John communicate that all people are set free from sin? Well, by the Son, right? He says that all people are set free from sin by the Son who sets them free. And the whole reason Jesus came is in the line, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And, of course, we know that everyone sins. Not everybody thinks they sin, which is a different topic, right? But if that's a theme for today, it is, it's that. It's that the whole reason that Jesus came um, thinking about our legal obligation is that we couldn't keep the law. We couldn't keep the rules, right? We, we broke relationship in the same way that we break relationship with, with people in our lives. I mean, think about it. Um, let me just use an example for dudes, right? Dudes, we're not supposed to cheat on our wives, right? There's an idea. Jesus said, hey, if you even look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery already, right? So the legalist in us wants to go, oh, I've never slept with another woman. I didn't look at any porn, I'm not, right? And we want to think, ah, therefore my heart is free from adultery. And if you can sit there and honestly say you've never had a lustful thought for someone other than your wife, then yes, you'd be free from it. But we can't say that, right? So, and that may or may not be true for you, but every single one of us wants to play those legalistic games, right? The whole reason Jesus came is because we have failed in living up to the law perfectly. And yet... It is in relationship that it is his joy to set us free. Now, tomorrow, we're going to read Deuteronomy 28, which is the covenantal blessings and cursings section of the covenant. And I, it's almost going to be like part two of today. But it's long enough. I didn't want to try to tackle both that and what we just read in the same, in the same kind of section. That said... 
Today we are going to uh, just close up with a wisdom segment out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 21, picking up at verse 9. Better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a nagging wife. A wicked person desires evil. He has no consideration for his neighbor. When a mocker is punished, the inexperienced become wiser. When one teaches a wise man, he acquires knowledge. The righteous one considers the house of the wicked. Capital R, capital O. I'm going to say that again. The righteous one considers the house of the wicked. He brings the wicked to ruin. The one who shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. A secret gift soothes anger, and a covert bribe soothes fierce rage. Justice executed is a joy to the righteous, but a terror to evildoers. Oh, man, friends, I'm going to repeat that. I couldn't have even planned that. What are we talking about here? Looking at kind of just the nature of relationship and law or rules and realizing that, ah, there's a reason in the Hebrew conception of things that there was not a separation between being and doing, between nature and ethics, between what we know and what we do, right? If we don't do it, James says, then you don't really know it or you don't really believe it and vice versa. This is Proverbs 21, 15. Justice executed is a joy to the righteous, but a terror to evildoers. I just wanted to point that out because, because there's an expression of joy around the context of legality. Law, right? Well, seeing, being part of justice does or should bring us joy. In fact, it is promised that, that uh, God himself is perfectly just and part of what we will rejoice in in heaven is ultimate joy. Uh, uh, we will rejoice and have joy because justice has been done. Justice executed is a joy, meaning the, the delivery of justice is a joy to the righteous, but a terror to evildoers. All right, I'll continue here just a little bit. The person who strays from the way of prudence will come to rest in the assembly of the departed spirits. The one who loves pleasure will become poor. Whoever loves wine and oil will not get rich. The wicked are a ransom for the righteous, and the treacherous are a ransom for the upright. Better to live in a wilderness than with a nagging and hot-tempered wife. <laughs> I think I'm just going to pause right there since 
similar proverb is exactly where we started. That gets us up through verse 19 of chapter 21. And in case you missed where we started, better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a nagging wife. Ah, my friends, uh, easy to laugh, hard to do. Let me pray for us and we'll call her a day. Lord God, um, I pray that we would we would see ourselves more clearly with regard to how we fail up fail to live up to your your moral code, Lord. And in the context of our relationship with you that is broken, Lord, I thank you that you sent your son to reconcile that. Lord, that we celebrate that reconciliation or him coming to uh, pursue us uh, on Christmas Day just a couple days ago. Lord, I pray for each person listening here. Lord, I don't know who it is that needs to hear this, Lord, but I pray that, that our hearts will be both buoyed, uh, emboldened, um, rejuvenated by your truth, And at the same time, Lord, that we would even more so be motivated by your grace, Lord, realizing what what we deserve, that we fail to live up to even our own moral codes, let alone yours. And Lord, that we would accept with joy and gladness your grace and that we would turn around and give that to someone else in our lives. Lord, I need that, and I thank you for your Holy Spirit helping me do what I'm not so great at doing on my own. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.